Welcome to Inside the Labyrinth Podcast. This is one of your co-hosts speaking, Frank. I am an active New York City police officer, and I'm part of Reps for Responders. I've had the honor and privilege to journey through the labyrinth with my other host, Jay, the real Jumpman Jay on Instagram. He's a veteran officer and also part of the SWAT team in one of the cities in New York. We would just like to thank you for journeying through the labyrinth with some of the great guests that we have had on the show so far. We will continue to make episodes with all the positive feedback that we have received. If anyone has any idea, topic, or anyone we would like to interview, please email us at repsforresponders at gmail.com. Reps for Responders is a nonprofit out of Rockland County, New York. We provide free open gym for all active, retired, and volunteer first responders, military, and veteran. Reps for Responders also has a weekly Zoom meeting, which is a support group every Sunday at 7 p.m. to let first responders and military let off steam or talk about anything that they want to talk about, positive, negative, or anything they're struggling with. Reps for Responders has five certified recovery coaches through New York State to help battle addiction and alcoholism. If anyone is struggling, please don't be afraid to reach out to Reps for Responders. You can find us on Instagram at reps underscore four underscore responders or visit our website at repsforresponders.org. Again, from myself and Jay, personally, we thank you. As a recovering alcoholic, I would like to personally thank you because you have kept me sober just for today. All in and have a great day. I feel like the music gets bumping each more each episode. Yeah, it gets every single louder. episode's got to get better. And welcome back so to Inside the Labyrinth podcast. It's your boy Jumpman Jay here with Frankie V. We got a great, 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 great um uh, duet here. Um, for most of you people who know me, I'm an avid CrossFitter, and uh, these two guys uh, are pretty well known in the CrossFit realm, um, and also in the weightlifting world. So. Um, I'm going to swing it over to Frankie, and then Frankie's going to do his thing, and then we're going to get to it. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited today. This is like a, our first uh, duo podcast um, as uh, a couple, so it'll be really cool. Um, my name is Frank. Uh, you know where to find me, Reps for Responders, and um, we are up to episode six of uh, season two. Last episode, episode uh, five, we had Chris Minkowski. So that was a, anyone who's listening and anyone wants to learn business and football. That was a great one. And um, this one is going to be uh, really cool, really two uh, individuals that have really uh, got to where they are today with hard work. And I can't wait to hear how they got to where they are today in life. So um, I'll introduce uh, Ricky and Dan. So what's up, guys? How you doing? Hi. Hello. What's up, guys? Hi, how are you? What's up? We are very honored to have you on the show. So I just want to say that first and foremost. Honored to be here. Happy to be here, yeah. Awesome, awesome. So, yeah, thank, thank you both for your serv- for your service. I appreciate that. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Thank, thank you, you, thank you very much for your service. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you guys for your service as well. 
Much appreciated. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. We're all we're all bowing at each other here. So. <laughs> all right, Frankie, start this thing up, baby. So we'll uh, hop into Labyrinth, and it's kind of you guys are both in the maze at the same time, so it's going to be really cool. Um, I kind of ask the same question, and then uh, whoever wants to go first can go. Um, I want to just talk about uh, how high school was for you guys growing up. Do you guys play any sports? Um, and was weightlifting in your life in high school? And kind of just how was high school for you and everything? And where'd you grow up? And also, you can intru- you can introduce uh, your name and what do you guys do for a living? You go first. I go first. Okay. Um, my name is Ricky Tominsky, and um, I let's see. Well, high school, I did not know what lifting was at all, wow. um, or I didn't know know how to to use it. I guess um, in high school, I was a cheerleader, and I was probably like between eighty and ninety pounds. Okay. So I can be a flyer. And I swam and I played water polo because I'm from Southern California and we didn't have lacrosse like they do out here in the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot of water sports. So played water polo, swim, softball, but my baby was cheerleading. Um, so yeah, I didn't do much, not much like snatching or squatting even. Uh, and what else did I do? Well, I was, um, editor in chief of my newspaper my senior year. Okay. So I was really yeah. And I was a, a founder of uh, a feminist uh, uh, cl- club at my school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was for it was a forest singer project that I did. Okay. And yeah, lifting didn't come till about eight years ago. Eight years ago. Yeah. Like when I met him, um, all I, I was I was a cardio bunny. All I did was the elliptical, any anything that just required my legs to move. <laughs> I got you. Right. Yeah. So what about you, Dan? Okay. What's your what's your story, my man? So uh, my name is Daniel Tuminsky. I am originally from Babylon, New York, and Long Island. Um, in high school, all I really played was football, track, and lacrosse. I mean, I played three sports. I wasn't the greatest at all of them, but I was I was fairly decent. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I guess I was like all county for football and lacrosse. I played uh, fullback and weak side and side linebacker for football. Okay. And then I was uh, defense and backup goalie for lacrosse. Those were fun. And, you know, like we didn't really like lift much in high school or anything like that. There was no weightlifting program. So I didn't know like spots where I just went to the gym uh, like 530 in the morning before school started. Kind of just lift weights like a meathead and try to get big and strong for all my sports and stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, it was just, I don't know. I feel like when I, like, uh, when I was young, I, I kind of had like a, like a hard work ethic. I'd ride my bike to school, go to the gym, go to school, have practice, come home, do my homework, eat, go to sleep. And that was like my routine for like, I guess since I was in like eighth grade. All right. Uh, I don't know where that really came from, I guess. Like my dad, he just worked his whole life, but like nobody else like played sports. Your mom was an extreme. Yeah, but like I feel like that's like a Long Island thing. Like Like nobody played sports when I was like, yeah, like equestrians. Like most of the people I know that ride horses were out on the island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that's pretty much it. I was kind of a loser in high school and had many friends. Uh, I guess I was too involved in like athletics in school. So, so my question to you is, how did you um for Dan? Um, 
Um, when did you discover uh, CrossFit, and how did you discover CrossFit? I actually found CrossFit uh, during my deployment in Iraq. Okay. Uh, I think it was like 2004. No, wait. 2000. Oh, 2006. That's when I was deployed. Okay. Uh, we ran like a our company. We went to like a refit mission in it was it Camp Fallujah? And this guy, he just comes up to me and he's like, "Hey, man, you look like you're in pretty good shape. You want to try this workout?" So I said, sure, what is it? And he's like, we're going to do CrossFit. And I was like, what the fuck is CrossFit? <laughs> and he, uh, the first workout we did was actually Linda, okay. a few bars of death. And uh, it took me like an hour and 45 minutes to finish. Okay. I was pretty banged up after that. And then like the next day I had to go on like, uh, like a, a little mission where I had to walk like 10 clicks with like 100 pounds of gear on my back. And I was so fucked up. I couldn't move. I was... I was uh, I was one of the like worst experiences of my life, but that's where I fell in love with CrossFit. Wow, I'm thinking it's going to be a totally different kind of story, <laughs> and my man's deployed. Like what? I don't know. I just thought maybe like you were back home, and uh, you know, you, you, like somebody just hey, come to this gym with me real quick. Because normally, you, when you get stories when people start up CrossFit, it doesn't sound like something like that. You were deployed, you know, fighting for our country, for our freedom. And, you know, you did a, a pretty terrible workout before a mission. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of badass. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty impressed that you did Linda and then you walked 10 clicks the day after. So uh, I commend you for that because I couldn't do that, man. <laughs> but back then, 2010, I think there were like maybe one or two crosses in, in New York or something like that. So it wasn't even still, even if I was back home, it wasn't something that I could even do. Mm-hmm. I was actually stationed in Alaska. So if I came back into Alaska, it wasn't even like, there wasn't even like a CrossFit gym anywhere. It, it didn't exist like in Alaska, you know? Wow. So I, I just got lucky with like, this guy, Tony. He was like, hey, bro, let's do this. And I was like, all right. Yeah, because that's like pretty, that's like in the infant stages of CrossFit pretty much like back then. Like 2006, yeah. 2007, still, still pretty young. So Ricky, same thing for you. Like how did you fall into like the weightlifting scene? Um, so actually when, uh, like when I was in the military, um, probably like my last year into like 2009, okay. um, my, one of my, one of my higher ups was telling me, cause we like to work out during our lunches mm-hmm. and, um, like we would do Zumba, uh, hot yoga, like anything that like, that was available free at like the, the gyms on base, like we would go to, uh, around chow time and, there was this one program that was starting called Semper Fit. And we would go meet like at a park um, on base and a Marine, he'll come out with like kettlebells, dumbbells, like anything just pulling out of his trunk and he would just give us circuits and he's like, okay, this is what you're going to do. And then, oh no, we're frozen. Can you hear me? Yeah, you go. You're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just see that we're... Wait. Shut up. <laughs> um, so that's how we started but I didn't know it was CrossFit at the time because they called it Semperfit gotcha. and um, when I got out I got really into obstacle course races and so it was out, I was always just like running and training for those little things and one of my girlfriends told me that her stepdad does CrossFit at CrossFit Lindy and that there's a, a free trial that we can take so and at first like I was really reluctant to start because I knew I was gonna like it. Yeah. But I know how expensive CrossFit can be. Very pricey. So I finally was like, you know what, fine, let's 
it's it's very expensive. So I was like, let's do it. Well, I'll try it. Well, you never paid a month membership. I know. So <laughs> I so we went to Lindy dance dance gym, and I kind of milked it because like immediately I knew that he had a tiny crush on me. So Ooh. I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's kind of expensive, and I don't really have the money for it right now. He's like, oh, I'll give you a, a military discount, but um, I'll give you like your first two weeks for free. I'm like, okay. And then I just never put in the credit card. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty smart. You picked up on the uh, body language. That, huh? Boom sauce yeah. was digging you. And uh, the rest is history. You like oh, you didn't like you him didn't in like the beginning. Him. No. Oh. No, because I think he's so full of himself. I still think oh, he's full of himself. Wow. <laughs> that's how it always works. I'm a dealer. always starts. Now, so, so, so that's where you guys met. You guys met at CrossFit Lindy, right? So obviously yeah. it wasn't love at first sight. I I guess Dan had to grow on you a little bit. Let's let's go through that process a bit. Like how did the yeah. how did the uh, how did the boom saw swoon you? That's what I want to know. Um. Okay. My voice, good looks. So okay, so when we first met each other, we both had significant others. Okay. Um. I was I was engaged. Ooh, <laughs> the plot thickens. Okay. Yeah. And um, so, like, we would we would have like friendly like flirting going on, um, uh, like the friendly. The, yeah, it started off like being friendly because like we would just talk about like our our military past. So like, and then I started finding myself like taking my comp hours from work, and uh, I would take the morning off so just so I can like hang out a little bit longer at the CrossFit gym so I can talk mm-hmm. and. Um, I think he left like in no November. It was like November, and he had a what? What competition was that? Like, no, it was in California. Mm. I don't know. He went to this competition with his then girlfriend, and it was it was televised. The outlaw competition. Oh, outlaw competition, like back in 2012. Okay, that's awesome. And uh, so I'm watching it. Uh, Yeah. I'm watching it with uh, with my girlfriend. We're on the computer, and I'm just like, "Oh, he's so cute!" And um, they, his girlfriend, because I was friends with both him and his girl, his ex girlfriend um, on Facebook, and she was saying like, "Oh, coming home with my man," and Ooh. like you know, eye roll. And then like the very next day, um, I'm already asleep, but my girlfriend texts me saying like, "Oh, you need to check Dan's Facebook uh, status. It says that he's single." Uh oh. And yeah, so I was like, "What?" I was like, "Hmm." So then I, I, I went to the gym the next day, and like he talked about it a little bit about his breakup, and he's like, "Yeah, like I kicked your ass, blah blah blah, it's just not working." And then I don't know. Yeah, we just. I think I I didn't have his number, but I just Facebook messaged him, and then that's kind of like where it started. And then that very day, I he. <laughs> you yeah, you came over the house. I can't. Okay, so. <laughs> He, I gave him my number. I was like, oh, if you want to keep talking, I'm like, here's my number. And uh, his first text message to me was, I'm baking banana bread in my underwear right now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so then that, I was like, all right, I'll be right there. So I went from my friend's house to my house, which is past where he lives, so I can shave my legs. Okay. And then I came over to his house. I didn't get banana bread. Um, yeah, you just got the beans. <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh, that was the best ever. That was the best I, ever. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, so I felt like it was funny because like I'm not a crier in bed, but like I started crying. And he just like, no, remember? Yeah. And he like looked at me like, uh oh, like she's a crazy girl. Mm-hmm. But I started crying because I was like, shoot, this really means like, I mean, I'm like, my engagement's over. I need to like call the guy up. We didn't live with each other at the time. Okay. So that night, I called my ex fiance to my apartment to break up with him and give him the ring. And I was like, it's, it's over. Like, I can't, like, you don't come back from that. Wow. And we, we just thought that we were each other's rebounds. And then, but like, we were just like so inseparable. Like we would text all the time. Um, I don't know. I, we were just over each other's houses all the time. And yeah. then. She was pretty cool in the beginning. What do you mean? Why? <laughs> <laughs> nah, you were pretty cool. But now you're gangster. I'm gangster. Love it. Love all it. Right, Gina, good that's a, that's a, that's a unique uh, love story. So, Go ahead, Frank. I actually sorry. have a question for you, Ricky. What do you. When that happened, right? Was there any? Because uh, to me, it seemed like that you that you really kind of liked Dan, and that wasn't like a uh, that was like a conscious decision. Obviously, did that ever? Um, did you just go with that, and the ex fiance kind of just was that hard for you going further? So, um, like in further detail, like I shouldn't have been engaged in the first place because uh, so this guy that I was with, we were together for like five, five and a half years. Uh, we met while we were in the Marines, and he got stationed in Garden City, which is like 20 minutes from here. Mm-hmm. So I got out of the Marine Corps thinking that we were going to get married. So I followed him. Instead of going back home to California when I got out, I came to New York to be with him and live with him. And we just started having problems as soon as we moved to New York. Um, I knew he was cheating on me. I wasn't. He never invited me to any of like like the Marine Corps ball. Like, no no uh nothing like no events i wasn't allowed to be at because he says like oh like spouses and girlfriends like they're they're not coming but then i find out that they are and mm-hmm. like they're at the bars so he was like sleeping around on me i know that for sure and so when he he got he was getting orders to okinawa and the only way you can accompany them is if you're married so i knew he only proposed for the convenience of it mm. and um and it was funny because this guy tried talking to me as a friend first, like when I first got engaged, because um, I was only engaged for like two weeks. Um, okay. He, so I'm like. You're also I'm, very young, right? Yeah, I was like, what, 26? We were 26 when we met. Yeah, 26. Okay. So I'm I'm at the gym showing my brand new ring off to everybody. And he, <laughs> he comes up and he's like, let me see. So I show it to him. and But I'm also like, because I have a crush on him at this time. And so I'm like, I don't want to show him, but okay. And he's like, oh, that's it? And then so I go to the back of the gym and I, uh, I'm i getting a jump rope, trying to get a jump rope for the workout. And he comes up to me again and he's like, can I ask you a question? Why are you marrying this guy? And I didn't have an answer. Like I looked at him like just like, you know, doing the headlights and I'm like, I don't know. And then I started crying. And then that, that's kind of like when I realized like, what am I doing? Like, why am I? Why am I with this guy? Gotcha. Oh, no, he saved me. Yeah. Boom sauce to savior. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Flew in on his cape. Actually, uh, oh, how cute. Yeah. That that's actually uh, that's actually a good. That's actually a cool story. You know, it kind of helped you realize who you really are, Ricky. You know, it really opened up to you and be like, wow. Um, you 
kind of open your mind to something that you kind of probably were dealing with for a long time, maybe like yeah, even sure. if it was not or subconsciously that you um, got through. Because imagine if you did marry him, and who knows where you would have been today. So it's exactly it. Uh, you guys did really meet up in the labyrinth together, which is kind of funny. Um, when now in the military for you, what um, I guess for both of you guys. If you had to take a few positives and a few negatives, if there was, out of the military and what you kind of took from your life and if you still use that today? Um, I, I definitely do. Um, like, I get I get up early in the morning, mm-hmm. like, every single day. And, like, I, like, immediately start my work. So I, like, try to finish most of it. But, like, with my with my work, it's, like, pretty continuous throughout the day. But I at least get a good start. Um, um, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the process of, um, of police, like law enforcement. Wow. And uh, right now I'm under investigation. Yeah. So like, it's always been in me, like that whole protect and serve thing. Um, and I think with Dan too, I mean, that's why he's a firefighter now. Um, so coming from a military background, like my my grandfather was a chief warrant officer in the army. My stepdad was my recruiter uh, for the Marine Corps. Okay. Uh, so I've always just been around the military lifestyle, and so when it so with being like physically fit, uh, that's also uh, always. I mean, maybe maybe not lifting like Olympic lifting, powerlifting, but like uh, physical fitness has always been a part of me, and like I think that's definitely something that I like. Can, like thank the military for um especially because like my my stepdad used to make us run like the pfts with him when, when i was like 13 years old you know wow. um so i still think that like we do kind of live like a military lifestyle we don't make our bed though maybe we should but we don't make our bed because like the military yeah. the military made me never i used to make my bed in high school voluntarily my mom never told me so. i just did it because i wanted to yeah but because the military i stopped making i stopped making my bed I got you. I got you. I can relate. I get it. <laughs> so what about you, Dan? What did you take from it? Well, for me, I guess like the biggest takeaway uh, that I got from the military was that things could always be worse. Ooh. I absolutely hated my military experience. Uh, I had leadership that were just power hungry mm-hmm. and kind of just not to, not say like wanted to like, torture me or like haze me, but like they abused their authority a little too much. And uh, my experience in Iraq was also terrible. I mean, we didn't have the greatest living conditions, you know, like we were attacked probably every two or three days. It was kind of rough. You know, gotcha. we had like a water resupply every two, three weeks. You know, showers were up in like a couple of days. We were all stinky and sweaty for a long time. We were pooping in porta potties that never got cleaned. And, uh, it was disgusting. So, yeah. like, I, I, I hate to say it, but my military experience wasn't the greatest. And so, anything that I deal with now, I always just say that, you know, things could always be worse, you know, like, no matter what. And it's kind of changed, like, my outlook on life. And, um, you know, like, taking for granted, like, the simple things, like, just enjoying a nice sunset or just, like, peace and quiet or, like, there's no, no one disturbing you or anything like that. And even just people watching, you know, just, like, the little stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I've learned to appreciate a lot more. And, you know, like when the tough gets going, it's just like I said, like things could always get worse. That's a good And then I also found CrossFit. 
Yeah. Yeah, and then I also found prostitute when I was in the military. So and yeah, I mean, I like to be physically fit, so that was part of the reason why I joined the army, uh, especially infantry, just because <laughs> I didn't want to shit that I had a computer or like build anything. Like I wanted to be out there moving and marching along and long and doing all this crap. And then I jumped out of plane, so like just the fitness was there, and that was fun. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So 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 my question to you is: You were a pretty high level CrossFitter. I mean, you're a games athlete, um, you know, a perennial games athlete nonetheless. Um, what kind of made you segue into being a first responder, like a firefighter? Like when, like, just kind of walk me through that process because, like, I mean, you were, like, people know you. So you're not like a no-name CrossFitter. You are, you know, Dan, Timis- Dan Timinski, you know, CrossFit Lindy, perennial games guy, and then one day you wake up and go, Hey, um, I just want to be a firefighter. Walk me through that. So I'm Dan Kaminsky, C-level, C-list athlete. Definitely not C-list. Definitely not C-list. Definitely not. You you made the games in one of the hardest regions to make the games from. You know what I mean? Like the Northeast is no joke. And you were one of those guys that you showed up and people were like, ah, oh, shit, Boom Sauce is here. It's going down. He's going to, you know, you were one of those guys. He can say proudly that he's never used any kind of PED. There you go. That's a whole nother topic. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Uh, yeah, so, you know, just as you get older, I feel like you get maybe a little bit more mature and wiser. Mm-hmm. And so seeing some level, like some games levels athletes like Emily Abbott, you know, pop for steroids or whatever mm-hmm. she was taking, you know, it's just like, and you see them, like they don't have like a backup plan. Like they never had anything that like, if God forbid, take like CrossFit was taken away from them, mm-hmm. you know, like what would they do? And like, for me, I've always kind of had like an ABC plan uh, growing up my whole life. So if something failed, I always had a backup. And if that backup failed, I'm, I'm on my last resort. So like my backup plan was obviously like having in the gym, like hopefully I, I can like run the gym forever, but then just training and competing over the years, like my body's taking a toll and like, it just gets kind of harder and harder to move. So I was like, you know what? Like I need something else. What if CrossFit doesn't last forever? Yep. And like a bunch of dudes at my gym were like, Hey, like fire department, that's just like coming up. Like you should just take it. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Like you can do both. You can run the gym and, and be in the fire department. Absolutely. So like, I'll just, who cares? You know, let's see what happens. You know, I was able to get 10 points on the test. I was going to say, if you use your veteran points, yeah. Yeah, I used my veteran points. And, you know, like, as I was doing more and more research into the fire department, you know, it definitely sparked uh, an interest for me, you know, because I love being active. He, I, he was on YouTube, like, every single night, just looking at anything he can do that's for FDNY. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I just started to fall in love with it more and more and more. And then when I got to my firehouse, I was like, this is fucking awesome. This is great. You know, like just being in a fire is like the most exhilarating thing in the world. And uh, it's fun. So that's a beautiful thing. Uh, and, uh, I yeah. And I like to help people. You know, it's been in my blood my whole life. So it's just, it's just, it just came natural. Yeah. I could see like the way you talk about it, that you have a passion for what you do. So that's like, one of the greatest things that people are able to do is like not everybody and just you can attest to this too because you were in the military and you said your experience wasn't great. Like waking up and actually looking forward to going to work every day is like it's a good feeling, you know. Um I know you guys had closed the gym not too long ago, right? Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And that was because of, you know, uh, FD stuff or just it was getting too much to, like, work and try to run a gym, you know? It was kind of like everything, like, all together. Uh, ever since I joined the fire department, you know, I, did, I didn't put the gym first. You know, I put the fire department first. Gotcha. The gym is second. And obviously, since I didn't put 100% into the gym, you know, people weren't really like me at that much. Like, I was never really there as much. I was more grumpy since I was, like, putting in, like, 65, 70 hours a day of just working. Mm-hmm. It was overwhelming. And not just, like, just dealing with everyone's personalities. You know, people like when I coach most of the classes. So since I wasn't there as much, you know, people didn't like that as well. And so it was just very hard to deal with. And I guess, like, slowly, you know, membership declined a little bit. And then with, like, the coronavirus that came around, like, I had so many people, like, want to, like, drop out. And I was like, you know what? Like, this isn't worth it for me anymore. Like, I'm not happy anymore. And it was just, like, a switch that I had to just turn off and say, like, like, hell with it. You know, like, I need to think of myself and be happy in order to, you know, uh, be profitable or or live a happy lifestyle. So I was like, you know, I I can't deal with this gym anymore. I had 10 years of fun. Um, so I was just like, that's it. I'll just close it up and then hopefully just move on. Maybe I can do some my like, personal training again in the future, but, uh, I just, it was just too much and overwhelming. Gotcha. Gotcha. Frank, you got something just recently to... closed. Yeah, they just recently yeah. closed. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. But, uh, with that response, it feels like to me, it sounds like to me, that was a great learning experience and you took that with you and it's not like you're getting down on yourself and everything and thank God for that plan B, right? You know what yeah. I mean? hundred percent. And, and, that's, and that's what I was like thinking about. Like, you know, like what if like other games athletes, you know, if they can't qualify for the games and their gyms are shutting down, like what are they going to do? They're not going to do anything. And I, and I think to them, and I want to say like how stupid some of these guys are. Like uh, one year, the last year that I qualified for region or the CrossFit games, this guy, or no, it was like the year after I qualified last time. This guy, we were competing together. He turned down a New York City police job oh. just so he can go to regionals. Really? Like the the the, the academy was starting like two weeks before regionals, and he's like, "No, I'm gonna start. like I'll get into the next class." And I was like, "Bro, you're a fucking idiot! You know how many people <laughs> they just right on me?" And I was like, "You just you just lost like a million dollar pension if you saved it properly. You know, you have benefits for you and your family. Yep. You just tossed that all down the drain just for uh, regionals experience." And he did terrible too. He thought he was going to go to the first <laughs> game. He was like the bottom five. And I was like, what a moron. Like, that stuff is not important. You got to think. Oh, man, he froze. Hello? I'm here. We might have lost him. He was going to say something good. Oh, man, it's froze. They probably come back, that connection. I, w- I just wanted to hear that. Yeah, I'm trying to figure this thing out because it's frozen. Oh, this was good too. Come on. Let me see something real quick here. Is it their connection? Uh, I mean, it has to. Uh, it has to be because we're, we're still here. Oh, she's coming back. They're coming back. Right, let's see something here because I think we lost them, dude. Oh no. Hello. Yeah, we lost you guys. Dan was in the middle of that story. Yeah, he's like so passionate about it. He said he finished. The guy finished bottom five and pretty much passed out uh, Passed out on a chance to uh, become a New York City police officer. That doesn't make yep. much sense on this end. So but, uh, a couple of years on already, a pension started. 
benefit for his family. Yeah, you just do that all down the drain. Yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. Some people have like a different outlook on that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people don't want to throw their eggs in one basket and it's always good to have a contingency plan. So, I mean, some people don't think some people live 24 hours at a time. They don't look down the line yep. to see, you know, eventually you want to start a family, have a house and, and build. And some people just think like, you know what, this is what I'm doing right now. And they're not thinking about, you know, five years down the line when they want to slow things up. Cause I mean, you know, from experience yourself, you're, like I said, high-level athlete. Your body started to feel a certain type of way, and you were just like, you know what? This is getting a little bit more difficult for me to, like, wake up and train and, and do the things I need to do to be this high-level athlete. Let me have a, a, you know, a contingency plan. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure that guy's probably kicking himself in the ass right now, especially with this COVID-19 situation because um, I know for Frankie and I, we were, like, the few people that we know that were actually, like, working and, and you know, being told, hey, there's tons of overtime, bro. Like if you want to work, you can work, you know? And then all these guys that I knew that were working in, in like the public sector where they were working in gyms and things of that nature were told you have to stay home and you need to figure out a way to, you know, feed yourself and pay your rent and things of that nature. So it was almost reassuring that, you know, we had jobs that every two weeks that check was coming and, you know, my mortgage is getting paid, the car notes getting paid, everything's getting paid. So, I mean, you know, in lieu of this whole situation, it, it, it just, it was a breath of relief because I, I know a lot of people that were going through it because they didn't have the means to provide for their family or themselves. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the unemployment rate is close, basically like the great depression. So it's really sad. Um, but it sounds to me like that, that certain individual was, uh, really not too much in with his ego. And it got wrapped up, and a lot of lifters get wrapped up in the uh, the events and stuff. But Ed Cohen said it uh, like two podcasts ago. He was doing a, a seminar somewhere, and some someone who's going to medical school for a doctor, and he's like, "Dude, you're you're worried about these freaking curls right now? When like those, you got to remember, like, and people listening, like those curls, like for example, or those games. There's always going to be hope, like a next one, you know. This chance is like M and M, right? Once in a lifetime, you know. You don't want to blow it, so you have one opportunity and. It's not like, all right, well, I can talk to them and maybe they'll, especially with this type of job, all right, well, maybe in six months, like, no, like, if they don't want you, then that's it. And they're going to remember that. So that's uh, pretty brutal. But I think, Dan, when you said before, it, it hit me in our, in, for our listeners listening, like, you're like, I'm a loser in high school because I was like about um, myself and stuff. But I, I really want to look at it like that because look where you are right now um, because you were not like a sheep with the herd. And I know a lot of guys and people out there that didn't know who they really were. And actually I wish I got to know who I really was a lot earlier in life because um, I would have gotten some, probably got myself out of some certain things that I wish I didn't have to go through. And um, just to be your own individual and do that and know who you are in high school, especially, or you said middle school. And that, that takes a lot of balls to do, man, and not go with the crowd and go from there. So I want to put that perspective out there. And that was uh definitely worked out for you so thank you uh, yeah of course man um so what about i know ricky i want to talk about nutrition with you guys i want to hear dan i feel like you're the kind of guy that might just eat yeah fuck it i'll eat whatever i want ricky <laughs> kind of keeps you in line keeps you in line like i see her snacking away on some healthy food there is, is she the is she the food warden in the house or what is she on top of she's just the overall she might be the overall warden it seems like <laughs> i just get so jealous because 
he he can eat a sleeve of Oreos and like more abs pop out. <laughs> if, I do, if I look at them, like I gain five pounds. Like yeah, shit, carrots, carrots, carrots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like look at my lunch. <laughs> oh, it is carrots. Wow, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. carrots, broccoli, and tuna. <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, I want to kind of hear about the nutrition you guys uh, are doing. I guess now and then when you're really training for a games or a big event and stuff like that. Okay, so Dan's like, ah, I don't really change shit. When I first moved in with him, um, I think I was paleo, right? Like I was super, super paleo, mm-hmm. and like he had just gotten off doing like I think he was doing the zone in like his prime years of CrossFit. Uh, I never, I tried to try to be zone as much as possible, but I just can't stand weighing and measuring food. Yeah, so I tried to eat as much as possible, but he ate well. Yeah. And he usually does eat very well, but like it, at nighttime is when he goes a little nuts. And <laughs> right, especially after a long shift at work, you know, you come yeah. home and you're just like, shit, like, here we go. What did, what did, oh, I made um like this, because I, I have celiac disease, so um most of the stuff that I keep in the house is gluten-free. So I made this like gluten-free, like orange pound cake. And like a pound cake is like, what, like 12 inches? Yeah. And there's probably like two inches left. And, like, that was just, like, in one sitting, and I probably have, like, a little sliver. And, like, he always has to have milk at home. Um, so he, he, he'll he have a sweet tooth that night, but, like, generally he eats pretty pretty healthy is during this, the day. Is this whole milk um, he's drinking? No, nah. he drinks fat-free. Oh, okay. I, uh, I'm pretty in tune with my body. Like, I know how much I'm consuming throughout the day and stuff like that. So, like, I generally eat, like, a lot of fats throughout the day. Okay. And so I try to limit limit where I can. So, like, gotcha. skin milk. You know, like, I don't want to, over like, over overload myself with the fat and the milk, so I'll go back to the skin milk. Just so I can balance out gotcha. my macronutrients and keep my hormone levels, <laughs> you know, the same and all that good stuff. I got you. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's pretty good at that. Um, I... I'm bad. Like, <laughs> I'm so, so bad. <laughs> um, I do, like, when it comes to, like, peanut butters, like, I have to measure it out because I will give myself a really heavy scoop um, and say, like, ah, oh, it's a tablespoon. Gotcha. So, um, Might be take two here. Yeah. I don't know why this keeps happening. Is it is it on their end or... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's their end, because if it was our end, it would be it's just be uh, for all of us. Fuck. So this is going to have to get edited, bro. Can your guy do it or no? I'm not too sure. Uh-oh. I mean, they're back already. Back already. Yeah, See? we keep, we keep, we keep like, losing you guys, cutting in and out. Now I, just, I, got, I, got I was just telling Jay... I was telling Jay how good his biceps look like that. So the listeners, if they're, not, if they're listening, they, they can picture it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, so, so you so then you eat you eat that and then yeah, I, laugh I, and... I do have to I I I trust myself a little bit better when I measure those kinds of things. But since this so this is my first year that I'm not competing. Like I haven't competed since August and mm. I don't plan on competing until hopefully I make it to Police Academy. So hopefully after Police Academy. So um this is the first time and I'd say six years um that like i haven't tracked so i don't really pull out my scale very very often and i'm just eating intuitively um especially during uh the stay at home 
um, thing that we're doing right now. It's hard to find a lot of um, food that we normally eat. Um, so I kind of just make it work with what we had at home. And then maybe like once every two weeks, I'll go grocery shopping just to like resupply on everything. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I did start doing this, um, this thing on my Instagram where I'll, I haven't done it recently, but um, I'll, it's like Rona menu for Corona. Uh, yeah. And because I know, I, I know a lot of people are, you know, struggling with money. And so they're trying to pinch pennies everywhere. And like a lot of families can't feed their, their children, their families. Um, so what I've been trying to do is make budget meals, budget friendly meals. And I try to keep it at under $2 a plate and just like create recipes that way. So like they might not be the healthiest, but at least you could feed your whole family. Yeah. So, and so I am trying to like experiment with like recipes like that. And I, I experiment with us too. Um, so I, I, I probably put on like, a, like five pounds, but I'm not mad about it. Like my butt looks good. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, my not question to it. you is right. So you said you have celiac disease. Mm-hmm. When when did you find that out? Because I know you're you're Mexican, so I know there's a lot of like rice and and things of that yeah, nature yeah. that will uh you know kind of maybe aggravate it a little bit. So when did you find uh, out you had celiac disease? So let's see, what was it? Twenty twenty seventeen was my last USAW meet. Okay. Um, as a forty eight, so like right now I'm probably walking at like fifty seven. Okay. And the forty, so I was one hundred and five pounds. Uh, at this meet and like I I like I dieted hard but um and I made weight and I lifted all my lifts everything was good um and then it was after that so like a month like just a month of just eating normal again I started like bloating a lot more and just like not recovering I was like breaking out like all on my face Uh sleep wasn't great I was moody, like very like brain fog, like all this like weird things were happening to me. I was like so depressed too. And like we were fighting a lot more. And this like happened like the entire summer that I was done with that meet. And he just like, he came and like, like wanted to talk to me and he was like, Hey, like, are you okay? Like, I think like something's wrong with you. Like maybe you should like go see a shrink or something. So I made an appointment with uh my, my uh, primary care physician and like just so I can get a referral to like see somebody because I, I thought I was just like depressed and I didn't know why like why I was like feeling so sorry for myself and luckily she's a holistic doctor so okay. she was like how's your diet because she she's been my doctor for like the past like 10 years now so she knows I'm into fitness and nutrition so she was like well how's your diet been like are you eating a lot of gluten and I was like I eat gluten all the time. Like I just had a cheeseburger yesterday, you know? Yeah. I'm like, I'm fine. And she was like, well now. So then she starts like reading off like this, like list of things that like that are symptoms. And so I was like, maybe you're right. Yeah. I I mean, I checked like 14 of them out of like 16. Okay. And so she was like, all right, we're doing blood work. So we went to do blood work and then that came positive. And then that's when they sent me um, to get the endoscopy. And then they're like, yep, your, your villa are like, are supposed to be like this. And they're like that. So, wow. um, that's like, and right, right after I, um, did that, I just, um, she, I was like, well, what do I do? And she's like, gotta go gluten free. That's it. Like just 
stay away from gluten and maybe make your own food. Like I have to make our food separate sometimes, yeah, yeah, but yeah. she usually just eats gluten free with me. And that's, I mean, it just makes it a lot easier. And like, we don't like usually like I, well, we do order food um, sometimes, but like, I don't like going out to eat because it's boring for me. So it's like, it's not fun unless we go to an actual gluten free restaurant. Yeah. Um, it's just probably easier just to stay home. Makes sense. You don't even want to roll that dice either. You get something that got some gluten in it and you have a reaction. God forbid. Yeah, I actually had a really bad reaction. Mm -hmm. Like two weeks ago, we tried this new Greek place. Like we ordered it and it was really good. good. (laughs) But like I couldn't recover for a whole week. And I don't don't know what it was because like I I just got a Greek salad and that's it. A Greek salad and hummus and hummus. Mm. But... there was no pita, but like, who knows if it was like right next to it or I don't know. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm so sorry. once you went gluten, you feel 10 times better? Oh my gosh. Like, Emotionally and physically? 100%. Like, I started feeling when I, when I first did it, I did, um, I used to have a YouTube and so I try to do it for like 30 days just to, to show people like what the difference can be, make. And I probably like dropped six to eight pounds, but you can see like my inflammation just go down. Like, yeah. I mean, I looked like I was 20 pounds overweight at that time. And, but just by the look, you could see it in my face, my eyes weren't swollen anymore. Um, but like emotionally, like I was just, I was me again. Like I was happy and that's how everybody knows me, like just being happy and smiling all the time. And like at that, around that time, like for three, four months, like mm-hmm. I just was not myself. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, glad you found that out early on instead of like yeah. something, you know, some kind of anaphylactic reaction of some sort where, you know, God forbid something could happen, you know? Right. Yeah. And knowing, like literally being aware of being aware of knowing something was wrong and kind of seeking help in that way. Uh, telling a doctor, hey, there's something wrong with me. I know this is not me. And it ends up there's nothing really wrong with you. It's the food you're taking in. And a lot of people need to understand how important eating is um and i always say and you know you're training for let's say two hours a day an hour and a half a day but what are you doing in the rest of the 22 hours of your life right you're working you're sleeping you're eating and that's really where the magic happens you know when you're sleeping a lot of guys know oh and first respond or not i I need to take tests i need to do this like no like you need to sleep and your testosterone recovery will increase and you know you don't need that for what you know especially if you're not competing at a high level so i think a lot of people need to hear that I'm happy you went through that journey and came out uh, bubbly and eating carrots. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good story. Yeah. You got to get some carrots for Dan now. Yeah. So then with the COVID going on, what do you, how's your training now? Are you guys doing anything? Yeah, that's my question. Um, <laughs> Dan just got like, eh. I, it's, it's, I'm kind of like a what I feel like for the day type. Like I don't like, but to keep myself accountable, to do something like to actually work out because like if he were if he were working right now I'd be like ah, I'm gonna make today a rest day you know so um to make myself accountable I um started a Facebook group and I'm allowing people to follow my programming that I program for myself for free okay. and so now it's kind of pushing me like all right like, you have to work out because you need to give them something to work out too yeah so right. um that's what I do sometimes like 
I'll ask him, like, he hates it when I ask him, like, oh, what are you going to do today? And he's like, I don't know. I just got home. <laughs> and because uh, I want to work out with him. So, like, uh, we did our own thing this morning. Like, I, I snatched a little bit. He squat and bench. But um, after, like, we get off here, we're probably going to get ready and do, like, some kind of, like, cardio workout. Yeah. Uh, I like working out with him. We're going to suffer later. So you guys, you guys work suffer. out um, together a lot or? Mm, like, twice a week. Twice a week? Yeah, enough. Like, I don't like to think. Well, he does a lot of like stuff for like recovery. Like, got you. I do. I do like a lot of uh, cardio intervals. That's what I've been like on a kick lately. Okay. So you do a lot of stuff for your back too. Uh, and I do, like, yeah, I fucked my back up not too long ago, and I'm just trying to like uh, kind of fix it a little bit before I get crazy again. Gotcha, gotcha. And he doesn't. He says that I do lots of um. <laughs> It's so booty stuff. <laughs> but it's like I'm not I'm not training like for powerlifting or, or Olympic lifting right now. So I I just I just do what I feel like doing for the day. Yeah, you do what makes what makes you feel good, right? Yeah. So so Dan's not you you, you know, you're not cleaning three hundred pounds in a garage or nothing like that. You're just kinda of taking it easy. Yeah, taking it easy, just trying to like uh work on form as opposed to intensity right now. Um, I'll still go crazy with a couple Mechons here and there, but like, I don't go anything too heavy nowadays. Uh, like I said, I jacked my back up not too long ago, and I'm just trying to like fix that before I get back into like the swing thing. Gotcha. You guys got a um decent gym at the firehouse or what? I'm not allowed to use it yet. Oh, I'm still on you're still a probie. So, I got you. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> probie life. So you just what? They got you on like kitchen duty? Yeah. 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 Yeah, my, okay. my boy Maddie tells many, me about that. How long is that probation for FD? Uh, it's eighteen months, so it's basically a year when you get into your firehouse. Oh, so it's six months from the academy and then a year in the firehouse. Yeah, and I've done. I think I get off probation in November or October, Novemberish. So we'll nice. see. Okay. Almost there. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. They were like, yeah. "Oh, so you're gonna use the gym when you get off probation?" I go, first day, I'm gonna go squat." And they were like, "So I'm his boss." Really? You, you should probably like lay low for a little bit. I go, no. Nope. No, I'm going to let these guys know that. I mean, I, I need to squat. And they're like, okay, we'll see what happens. And I'm like, well, yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> you'll, you'll be training the guys in there. I hope so. Let me, um, is there, a, is there a workout you ever do, Dan, where you're just like, oh, fuck, I need to do this by myself? Like a certain workout, like I don't want to be bothered, like that mindset where this is just Dan time, this is just me. I like to work out by myself most of the time. Gotcha. Uh, I hate because I'm pretty like I, I'm pretty motivated, so I hate like having to wait on others or someone's like bitching, complaining about something being too hard or they don't want to do this, and I'm like, Ugh, they don't work out with me. Like stay home, like do something else. I don't care. Just leave me alone. And it's basically like ninety five percent. So he gets mad at me because I sometimes like to talk during the workout, and, I and look he at just her. he just goes and he like looks at me like with the death stare. But, like, because I'm not doing it, for, I'm just doing it for, like, overall health. But he wants to, like, go, go, go. Like, yeah. it's like a game. And so, I'll, I don't know, I'll say something in passing, like, while I'm transitioning to the next movement. And he just, like, looks at me, like, you know, shut the fuck up. I'll, I'll look at her like she's got a forehead. <laughs> let, me, let me ask a, another question, uh, Dan. How was, the, how was the, um, the academy for you? Like what was like what was the feel for you? The academy. 
So like the fitness, so this was kind of cool actually. Like the, most of the fitness instructors like knew who I was. Oh, that's dope. See, <laughs> see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? There you go. <laughs> but they've been like old school crossfitters too. But anyway, so they they they, like, they knew who I am. They actually had bets on me to win the fitness award or whatever. Ooh. But as we like geared up towards like the end of the academy, a couple of them like came up to me and they were like, "So how does the academy like? Uh, I guess." Yeah, compared to, like, my past endeavors. And I was like, all I had to say was, the academy's very challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, like, challenging. And, uh, but it, it was, it was physically, it wasn't bad. It was just, because it was in the summertime, it was more just trying to manage the heat. Yeah. Especially when we were in, like, a bunker gear, like, most of the time. Right. You really, like, uh, they would, like, fall, like, pass out or, like, become heat casualties, like, left and right. I think we lost, like, 20 people just because, like, casualties so you really had to like manage that correctly hydrate make sure you ate and uh kept yourself cool that was just probably that was definitely the toughest part okay because i was gonna ask like i know i know a few of those guys over there were crossfitters and i know somebody's probably like doing the little elbow yeah that's dan Taminsky over there you know that right and i'm pretty sure somebody came up to you and probably asked you some questions about like you know game stuff or something like that just because of who you are and um, it's a little different than going to, like, regionals or going to, like, the games because now it's, like, this is what you're doing for a decent amount of time in your, your life, right? It's, what, 20 years, 25 years, you guys, depending on the tier? Um, yeah, I think I can buy back my military time. So I think oh, I have, like, that's I dope. go, like, 18. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I would definitely buy back that military time. I'm counting down the days, bro. I got five years left, and I'm just kind of, like, I need to go. I need to go. Let's get yeah, this Jay's going. Yeah, a big time fat, man. Yeah, I got I got fifteen years on, bro, and I'm I cannot wait, cannot wait to hang up the gun belt and the bulletproof vest, man. Man, we'll see what happens in five years. I know you're gonna get so bored, yeah, bro. Yeah. So it's like, eh, maybe one more year, dude. I will cut keys at Home Depot, bro. I do not <laughs> care, man. I do not care. I mean, I just don't want to, especially with the climate now. You know, I just rather just be out of harm's yeah. way and just enjoy the you know the the good years. Actually, I have a, a CrossFit question. What if someone was starting new in CrossFit, whatever, and um, they wanted to? What's your recommendation on how many wads should someone really be doing a week? I, I if they join a box or whatever, like I, I don't, uh, I don't know. But to my experience, is like I don't have a lot of CrossFit experience. But people tell me and stuff like I feel like doing five wads in a row or four in one week is kind of intense for people that really don't know what they're doing, or even when you're just going from like a gym rat or bodybuilding or whatever, you know. Yeah, I mean, when I had CrossFit Lindy, I was actually proud to say that our injury rate was very low, um, especially in the beginning. If somebody never did CrossFit in their life and they, you know, led a pretty sedentary lifestyle, I would always just say, come every other day, you know, like, just try to come every other day. To me, it's the best. That way, that first workout you do, it's going to just fuck you up and destroy you. That second day, you're going to be in a lot of pain, but you know what? You'll be okay. Come in the next day, we'll take it super light just so we can move, get some blood moving and stuff like that, focus on some things that we need to focus on, and then we'll keep continuing with this path until you become a beast, you know? And sure enough, that's how people fall in love. And I always try to say, like, don't overdo it, don't overdo it. That's how you're going to hate it. If you do something like something too much of it, you're going to start hating it, especially if you get hurt, you're going to realize how much you hate it. So I always said the first month, just come every other day. And if you feel good, you feel great, we see some gains, you know, then we can increase the volume a little and we, bit more. We always modified it for them as well because, like, 
the way Dan programmed for our gym was he was programming for his, himself essentially uh, as a games athlete. So um, we always had to modify it for everybody else, which is, I mean, I hope everybody does that at their gym. Not all places do, but you guys are well-versed, so you understand the game. But there's some places that will not modify and, or, or will tell you, to, hey, man, go heavier. And that's where injuries and things of that nature happen. So I'm happy that you guys are mentioning the fact that you were scaling your athletes and, you know, making sure that, you know, they were under watchful eye and, they, you know, proper form and so on. So the biggest, the biggest thing I always told everybody was, like, people who wanted to go, like, head first into everything was you have to crawl before you walk and then walk before you run. Absolutely. I like that yeah, mindset. Amen. Uh, yeah, that's still today for anything in life. You know, yeah. even starting out as a firefighter or a cop and stuff like that, you just dive head in. You know, like taking the hose off the ladder, running to a fire. Like, dude, like, do you, do you even know where the fire is right now? Like, do you, do you, where is it? Like, you got to find it first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> um, there's a question we ask everybody, um, and that's especially in the fitness, uh, your guys' take on uh, alcohol and training um, and things like that, especially if you're competing heavily. Me first. Um, so when in training, I don't drink at all. I don't think it's, well, I haven't, I haven't trained in a long time, but yeah, yeah I don't, I, really, yeah. I don't really drink. So I'm sure you guys know Dan's sober. He's, mm-hmm. August will be 11 years sober. Yeah. Um, so I know that. Congratulations. when I, one day at a time. Yeah. Yeah. So when I, before I met Dan, I mean, I was also 26 years old and like, you know, fresh out of the Marine Corps. So like I used to drink heavily. Oh, hurrah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but as soon as I met him and I learned about uh, his sobriety, that kind of um, uh, made me pull back a little bit. And so, and like when we really got serious, I, I only drank like if we, you know, on occasions or if we like went out to dinner with friends, I'd have a glass of wine. So, um, excuse me, my, yeah, my alcohol consumption is like very little to none. Um, and you're almost irrelevant. Yeah. And so when, I, but when I train, like it's, it's none at all. Not even a thought. Right. Which is not great. Even a thought. Like I'd rather, I'd rather eat sugar. Like that's, that's, that's my, my naughty thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was, um, uh, the huge reason why um, I told Frank to reach out to you guys because I've been following you guys for a very long time and I know um, um, Dan's bout with uh, sobriety and so on. So um, Frankie over here uh, was kind of going through the same thing and um, it's good to be around like-minded individuals who have gone through similar experiences. And um, so Frankie reached out to me to start this um, podcast and we kind of got this together. And then um, right as we started getting guests for like the second season, I said, I got to get, Got to see if we can get Dan Taminsky on because, you know, high-level athlete, um, good guy, and just kind of going through the same thing that Frankie was going through. And um, it's just good to see somebody on the other end of it, you know what I mean? Because Frankie has his, um, you know, his thing that he's going through that he went through, and, and he speaks about it openly. And it's like I, if you can give somebody an example, right, that, hey, this guy is, you know, high-level dude – and now, in, in, it's even better now that I know you're, you know, firefighter and so on. So it's like somebody went through something and came out on the end, on the on like the bright side of things versus like the opposite end. 
So that was like a huge reason why I wanted to have um, you on the show because um, I think Frankie's an outstanding individual. Um, and I think you're a great guy. So I was like, dude, you guys need to like cross paths, maybe share some stories and, you know, so that Frankie can see and, and others can see that, you know, there's positivity that can come through getting through a tough situation and then, you know, just owning up to like, you know, whatever shortcomings you had and just kind of, you know, sitting in your sobriety and, 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 you know, people have to understand it's not easy, you know, cause I, I talk to Frank often and, and Frank tells me the things that he goes through. So I definitely wanted him to sit here and uh, listen to some of your stuff. So thank you. Instead of right. you set us up on like a blind date or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I, well, Jay, I appreciate the kind words and, um, 11 years, Dan, that, that's, that's awesome. Um, you know, you don't, ha- I don't have to talk about any of your war stories and, um, and all that stuff. I'm talking war stories as in uh, you no. know, sobriety, but, um, yeah, it's, um, it's something big why I started the rest for responders, which is the free open gym in, in Rockland County for all for military and first responders, volunteer, active, retired. Cause what I want, I didn't think it was possible and I didn't want anyone to ever go through what I went through. And I don't want anyone to make the same mistakes that I did. Um, so especially with the suicide rate and things going off the roof, um, that's the best way that I could give back and it keeps me sober. Um, so that's really why it means a lot to me. And not only is it just an open gym, it's uh, support groups and addiction therapists and trauma specialists all involved and guidance counselor, health coach, and going for my recovery coach right now, actually, which is pretty cool. But uh, yeah, it means a lot to me um, just because with my lifestyle and growing up and my dad actually, I actually ended up going to uh, the, the farm, which is rehab. And then my dad went to the same farm that I went to. So he's six months sober. So just to see uh, how much of a blessing it was and to relate to someone that has gone through it. And I always say, man, at the end of the day, I'll take anyone in my corner in recovery than anyone else in this world, even if I don't know them. And I'm like, for example, Dan would be a perfect example. So um, I really feel like the best learning and life experiences in general is, uh, recovery because like jay said it's not easy man and uh we know sometimes that drink would mean more mean mean more to anything uh than the people we love or around us so just to get through that day without a drink or whatever your uh poison right your rat poison is or whatever your choice is um i think that individual even if uh being a police officer and i think a lot of things need to change like oh that person's a crackhead on the street and go through well you don't know what they did before Mm -hmm. they were a crackhead you don't know their life experience, you don't know anything. And I think a lot of police officers um, in general need to change that mind because they're a person and you don't know how they grew up, you know how they live, you don't know anything about them. And I always bring this up. The best people in life has been like Tom Hardy, Eminem, Demi Lovato. Oh, I can go on. Samuel L. Jackson, they all admitted they all had to go through this. And if they didn't go through this, they wouldn't be who they are today. You know, and Tom Hardy's a big example of for me because he's a beast in the gym and he's just a good person and a great actor. So, um, I really take that stuff serious. And if I could just save one person um, like this and the whole program, that's what it's about. And, you know, thanks for this conversation, Dan. And uh, you definitely helped me keep sober today, man, just from hearing hearing that. So that's enough of me. If you want to speak anything about what you got. Uh, yeah, you know, I'll go into a brief story uh, of my past. Um, so just be conscious I, I, about it. Okay. Just be conscious about it. What do you mean? Just, I'm saying just be conscious about the story. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, oh, you do what you want to share, you know? I have a lot of public stuff. So during my whole background investigation, you know, I actually had to see, like, a psychiatrist before he even got on. And, okay. you know, he asked me, like, a bunch of questions and stuff like that. And I was, I was pretty broad 
but I was still honest. And even though, uh, you know, I mentioned all that stuff, I passed and cleared everything. I just think since it was like 10 years ago, and I've just showed right. a successful path and a growing path since then. I think they kind of like overlooked everything. We're like, all right, that's good. But, um, so I'm not worried about it because I still post on social media about all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I'll be all right. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. So, um, when I was, uh, when I was in the army, I, I was in the infantry. We went, we had a deployment. You know, like I said, I hated my military experience. It was pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I went over like 300, um, missions when I was in Iraq, you know, and I saw, uh, some people get shot, you know, I've been blown up a couple of times. I've been shot at, you know, and I've seen like my friends like die and I've seen they, like they, I seen my friends like, like die when they come back, you know, like they kill themselves and shit like that. They all had drug and alcohol issues and that shit fucking sucked. And so like, for me, it was hard to deal with all that stuff when I got home. And I, I thought I had to just like make up and lost time and partying. And instead, you know, I was just kind of covered, trying to cover something, you know, that I didn't want to express and feel. And, you know, I was drinking a lot at first and then I just started doing a lot of drugs. Couldn't really find what I really liked doing. Um, and then I found heroin and it kind of just like calmed me down and like numbed me. And I can, instead of having 8 billion different thoughts going on in my brain, I had actual one thought, which was great for me because I was calm. I felt like a normal person. But obviously what I was doing was really, really bad. So I used for about two years. Um, I shot, when I was finished, I was shooting 15 bags a day. It was, uh, it was obviously taking over my life. And I kind of just woke up one morning and I said, uh, fuck this shit. This is really bad. Because uh, like the first thing I would do would just, I would wake up and I would shoot up. You know, it's, it, was, it was just a routine that I didn't want to do with anymore and it's really expensive. And so I kind of just quit cold turkey. I locked myself up in a room for seven days. I pissed, shit, and vomited like every hour. And I tell people it's like having the flu, but like times 10. So just imagine like all the cold sweats and body aches. And there's like the feeling of being beat with like a baseball bat. And then you're just shitting, vomiting, pissing every hour, even though when you have nothing left in you. So you can just imagine the pain that was like, and then, uh, I kind of like never looked back, you know, like I started getting bigger into CrossFit. I felt like I could be pretty good at it. And I kind of focused all my energy on CrossFit and I opened up the gym and trying to be an athlete and having the gym kept, I definitely kept, uh, kept me like clean and sober. And from there, I just, like I said, didn't look back and I just kept going and focusing on all that stuff. Yeah, man, awesome. Did, Thank you. Uh, did for you ever go to any meetings? Um, so I, I drank a little bit after I uh, stopped using heroin and I got a DUI. And then a couple of months later, I got arrested at my brother's wedding for trying to beat up some cops. And I woke up handcuffed to a hospital bed. So I was mandated to go to like um, some meetings in South Oaks. And like when I first got there, the counselor, she goes, I got one to be honest about. It. I'm like, oh, I used heroin, blah, blah, blah. I had some drug issues, whatever. She asked me how I quit. I said cold turkey. And like the first thing she told me, she was like, oh, you're going to relapse. I was like, oh, great. This is awesome. And so when I first had that initial meeting with like my counselor, 
I, I thought like, oh, if all meetings are going to be like this, I'm, I'm never going to want to go. Because if you're not going to believe in me, why am I going to believe in the program? Yeah. So other than the mandated programs, those are the only meetings I ever been to. Wow. Gotcha. So you kind of took yeah, it upon yourself, you know, to kind of yeah. get right. Oh, it's, it's actually pretty amazing, man. Um, Thank you for sharing that, dude, because I know that's not easy to kind of dig back and go back and, you know, talk about that kind of stuff. Um, but this is why we created this podcast, man, so that we can hear your story and people like you can um, get your story out. And like I said, I wanted people to see this side, you know, and I didn't think you were going to tell a story like this. So I think people that the people that are going to listen to this podcast are going to be like, damn, man, like, you know, this guy went through all of that and and look where he's at now. It just gives people hope, man, cause especially now with, with everything going on in the world, everything's shitty. And, you know, if you can have like one glimmer of fucking hope to, to look at somebody and get some kind of, um, you know, inspiration to, to just just be better. I mean, people need to hear things like this, especially in this time in the world, man. So thank you, dude, because I was like, that yeah, was, like, move me a bit, I've man. Had like a yeah, and I've had like a bunch of people like reach out to me. And they're like, oh, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And I was like, I'm like, I'm not like a subject like matter expert on like recovery. Like I never took classes and stuff like that. They asked you what, what, wait, what you do to um, how you got sober or how can they get sober? How can they get sober? Right. You know, they wanted like tips, and I was like, you know, like I'm like I'm not a teacher, like, I don't have a degree in this. It's um, not just a tip; it's not three tips. Someone, someone did that to me, and I had a full blown hours of conversation because I don't know you. You know what I mean? Like I need to know why you're drinking, why you're using for. It's not just the drink; it's more than the drink. Yeah, you know, yeah. Know that. Yeah. Or whatever and, it is, or whatever. And the biggest advice that I always gave everybody was like, I was like, bro, you gotta want it. It's like if you don't want to clean your ass up, you'll never get, you'll never, you'll never do it. You know, yeah. like you really have to dig down deep inside of you, grab your fucking nutsack, and say that you want it and actually yep. do it. Otherwise, okay. it's never gonna happen. You know, yeah. and that's the advice that I gave everybody. I was, I just felt like that's the only thing that I could say because if you don't want it, you're never gonna do it. Like my brother, my brother too. Like my brother has been in and out. Uh, like he's also he's also become a drag addict and. I can't even tell you how many times he's come up to me for advice and I'm like, bro, you don't want it. If you want it, you would just stop. You would stop being an idiot and, and fix your life. But obviously you don't want it. You just want to continue using. He's like, oh, but it's hard. I'm like, no shit, it's hard. It's like, but it's like, how bad do you want it? Do you want to like fall in and out of relapse for the rest of your life? Or do you want to leave a healthy lifestyle and progress and move forward? Yeah. So no matter how bad it sucks, if you want it bad enough, You'll go, you'll overcome all that crap and go forward. Yeah, it's it's gonna suck. And again, I commend you for for sharing that story. And I'll be I'll be pretty frank frank with you. I like to laugh at myself because my name's Frank when I say be frank with you. But uh, <laughs> um, people that are listening, this is like a Dan is like a, like in my mind a specimen that you you can't um, like I'm not a doctor or anything, but medical advice should not cut do what Dan did seven days because it's really uh, scary. And um, you Dan is literally like an example of literally like 1% of the 1%. Um, yep. mind, mindset, using drugs, alcohol, whatever it was, working out, becoming a firefighter, doing best for him. And I think that all comes down to uh, what Dan said, that he really was just with himself in high school and um, kind of figured out who he was. And at the end of the day, you have to get sober for yourself because, and the thing is like, oh, I can't do it. Well, dude, like, uh, sorry, I'm calling your brother dude, but let's just say for an example, a person that says that is like, well, what are you doing that's triggering you? Like, who are you hanging out with? 
what are your hobbies? Like there's other things that you slowly need to start chipping out away to mm-hmm. make you a better person. You know, like I have a bunch of friends that are still my friends, but they just don't hang out with them anymore because I know like, I know me, but it's um, embarrassing to say, but like, al- like alcohol is my master. So why would I even pick up and do it? Like you go into a ring with Conor McGregor, he beats the shit out of you four times. Why would you keep going in? Do you know what I mean? And sure. that's kind of like the addiction and all that stuff that's going on. It's like, why are you self-tormenting that? Wait, wait, Dan's got something. Dan's got something. His face lit up. What'd you say, Dan? No, you say, Dan? I, 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 would go, I would keep getting in the ring so I could finally say that I can beat him up one day. That's <laughs> Again, like one of the 1%. I'm stupid, I know, I know. Yeah, that's why he's the 1%, bro. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's a, lot of, it's a lot of self-suffering, and you have to take a yeah, – it is hard. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life and went through, and – not easy nothing in life is easy like if you know you have this addiction gene and or you have this personality it's it's just what what wolf are you feeding that that little stupid cliche it's not stupid but that quote like are you feeding yourself are you feeding the ego like you need to figure it out and like surround yourself with good people and the right support like if your brother is like yeah i can't stop and then he talks to you and then he drives to his dealer an hour later or wherever he hangs out with like that's right there that drive is already done he's already high before before he gets there you know you're already drunk before that first drink you're high before that first whatever that bag that hit that needle thing so it really does take over your mind and your body and there's always two parts of it are you physically addicted mentally addicted or both and it's not easy so yeah. you can get through the physical addiction like usually they say the first 90 days but then it's the mental i mean the mental obsession the first 90 days but then it's like what's next you need to have that plan a plan b plan c see how it's all trickling down and i'm really happy uh you shared that story man um, really appreciate that, and thanks for uh, so I, I being a, serious. Thank you. I have a question for Ricky. So, uh, like, there's a bunch of girls in my gym that like love you. So, um, they they wanted me to ask this question. So, Uh-oh. how did? No, it's not a bad question, bro. It's just like um, I'm pretty sure you get um, a lot of like DMs from women um, about like because especially you know you're a weightlifter. Right. Power lifter. And, um, you know, I know you get a lot of people that hit you up and ask you about, um, you know, that whole stigma, like lifting weights will make you bulky and make you look like a man. And, and then you hear some of these things. How do you how do you deal with that? Like, how like do you do you like do you get tons of DMs and, and like do women ask you for advice on how to, you know, deal with that on a daily basis? Like, what's that looking like? I, I've actually been called, like, a man or I look like a boy, like, several times. And, like, in the beginning, it really hurt my feelings. And normally, I would just, you know, ignore that person, block them, delete that comment. Or if they get me on, like, a day, they catch me, like, you know, right before I start with period, like, yeah. I'll snap back to them. But, like, um, there's been a couple of times, like, where, and they were men. It was, they were, it was always men that said it to me. Um, that I look like a man, and, like, it, it hurt my feelings. It made me cry. And um, and that, like, when I hear stuff like that or when I still see it, like, even, like, with Steffi Cohen, she gets it all the time. And, mm-hmm. like, I talk to her about that, too. Because, like, I mean, she's human. She's, it's going to make her cry as well. And, like, we, as women, we have to realize that there's something wrong. Like, there's an insecurity in that person. Yes. Um, exactly, thousand um, percent. And I mean, 
I honestly, I just brush it off. But like when it comes to like women asking like, well, you know, I really want to get into lifting and but it's going to make me bulky. Like, lady, like look at me. I, I mean, I, mean, I, tiny. I can pull out 330 pounds, yeah. but like, do I look like I can lift that? No. Like, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, so I, there's nothing to be afraid of. And I keep trying to like explain to them, like we did have one woman come into our gym um, this one time. And she said, she said to me that she wants to get toned, um, but she, she doesn't want to have shoulders like mine. And like that. Oh no. Did this just happen again, Frank? Yeah. Damn it. Dang good. It was good. If you're still listening, you heard a great story. And it's uh, definitely something to uh, definitely something to think about. And now just kick and back in, no? They're back. Yeah, they're back. You were right in the middle of a good story. She didn't want shoulders Take like three. you. Take three on the set. Uh, yeah. So she, um, yes, yeah, she came. This woman came to our gym, and I'm greeting her and walking her through everything, explaining what CrossFit is. And she says, "Yeah, like I want to get toned, but uh, I don't." She said that she pointed at my shoulders. I was wearing like um, I don't know something that's backwards or whatever. She's like, I don't want shoulders like yours. And I definitely don't want legs like hers. And yeah. And you can already see where this is going. I can already see a picture. Um, I was like so heated. And I, I just told her, I was like, look, like you're never going to have, have like my shoulders or that girl's legs because these are our bodies. And yep. And I told her, I was like, I don't think this is the place for you. Like, I mean, because I definitely don't want someone like that to be coming at our gym and, like, judging every other woman there. So I I kindly told her to leave. And um, but I do get I do get women, like, on Instagram DMing me saying, like, you know, they want to tone up. They just want their abs, but they don't, they don't want to get bulky and look like so-and-so and so-and-so. And, and I, I do have to, like, keep reminding them, like, you know, I can be in the gym like three hours a day, five days a week, and I'll never look like that because I don't take steroids. And I think that's what the thing they look at. They look at these bodybuilders that are taking steroids, that are taking mm-hmm. performance enhancing drugs. And I have to explain to them, like, you won't look like that because you won't be taking that stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've been working out for eight years now. And I still don't look bulky. I don't want, I don't think I look bulky. Um, I have a butt finally. I like before <laughs> this, I was before lifting, I was doomed to have a pancake foot. Um, <laughs> like, I, like, there, like, I had no doomed. It was set in the stars. You hear that? She, she said, said doomed. <laughs> so, but thanks to heavy squatting, like, this guy's always spanking me and I like it. So, <laughs> I I always try, and that's also why I started the free the free programming um, oh. for people to follow my program is because I want them to see exactly what I do for myself. And um, I mean, I when I I'm I try to be very um, PG with my posting on Instagram, mm-hmm. but when I do share like body pictures, you know, me in a sports bra or like you know sticking my butt my butt out like I do it for the women not not the guys not the likes like I want the women to see like I'm I'm lifting heavy and this is my body it's not bulky yeah I love my body 
Good, yeah. That, that, yeah. When you said all that stuff there, it's just like the, a lot of people need to realize that once you start, uh, like that girl that came to you, Jim, started to pick on her, but, well, I don't want to look like her. I don't want to look like this. I don't want to do that. Well, now you're wasting all this energy on someone that's not even you. And people need to realize, like, one, I'll be like, well, why are you thinking like that? Like, you need to start thinking differently. How do you eat? What's your lifestyle like? Before you even can lift, lift whatever you want to lift like. And a lot of people need to realize, like, Instagram, I really call it Eaglegram. It's like you are getting DMs or someone from someone that, first of all, you have no idea. It's like if someone, if I, like, Dan just shared a story to me. And I just said, all right, Dan, like, and in my back of my mind, I was like, in my back of my mind, I was like, fucking junkie or asshole it's like well dude look at yourself like are you an asshole are you jealous on how far he came from it's like if anyone ever says anything to me i'm just like all right cool like fuck off or i'm just gonna go and call jay and yeah, keep go on with my life and do my pot do my podcast with you two great people with eddie cohen the goat of powerlifting brian Shaw, world's strongest man like i'm doing this because i've worked hard and i know who i am and jay's been by my side like we're doing this to help other people and any negativity now, and especially Dan and recovery and stuff, you know, like you don't have time for that, you know? And like people like you have absolutely no time for that. And you really, now in recovery, like you really know who's real and who's not. And it's like Dan said, like in the army, he got the people watching, like, yeah, being a cop and like, is great too for me and doing that. And, um, just being in recovery is really like an extra, like superpower to skill. Like, dude, you're so full of shit, man. Like, you know, like, okay, go on, go on. So it's like, I'm happy that that you kind of said that and brought up the girl lifting thing because we had another female on here, Danny Toshi, and she was a, you know, the, the myth is, oh, lifting's going to get me big. It's like, you don't even know. You didn't even try it. It's like, uh, keto sucks. Vegan sucks. Carnivore sucks. Have you even tried it? Have you done it? Do you know what it's going to do for your body? So it's just like, you need to experiment with yourself and it might not turn out the right it is and then you work out the way that you want it. But it's... uh. You don't just get the butt of whatever you wanted if you're the butt of whatever, for example, you have now just from thinking about it, you know, just from doing things that you saw. It's probably trial and error for you, Ricky, right? You know what I mean? It just took a long time. Totally. So that was. Well, thank you for answering that because a lot of girls in my gym were wondering how you deal with like body positivity and obviously there's going to yeah. be some, there's going to be a negative side of that, but I know a lot of women reach out to you in a positive light. So that's good. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm happy with with my following, and um, I think since I'm like pretty transparent in my my posts and like mm-hmm. what I share, um, they're very respectful, and uh, most of it's positive. I'd say like ninety six percent is positive. like all positive. Okay. The other four percent can go fuck off. Yeah, they can yeah. get they can get the scene they can get the scene message and that's it so you know yeah. you saw it so um yeah that was awesome um I'm really glad I had you both on the show and it was nice to meet you guys virtually um, before we wrap up we always ask these questions uh, you can go one at a time and back and forth but um if you um let's see where I'm gonna start if you have one if you had one food to eat for the rest of your life one meal Ricky what would it be my chicken enchiladas. Ooh, okay. Dan? Yeah. Um, probably a bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> All nice. right. Traditional. Traditional. I like that. Favorite movie? Or one or two? It's tough. It's a tough one. We've had some people say, wow, these questions. Her, I wish I knew these Her face lit yeah. up when you said favorite movie. She yeah. perked up. She's like, yeah, go ahead. I have um, The Cowardly Lion on. on oh, wow. Wizard of Oz, huh? Oz. Wow. 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 Okay. Dan? 
I don't even know, bro, because you're like an interesting you gotta dude. Give us a hint. Yeah. I'm an enigma. That's what I'm saying. I'm I, could, an enigma. I couldn't even I couldn't even guess it if I wanted to, bro. Just throw it out I, there. I, like a quiet Charlie Chaplin. I can see you just watching me just laughing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh I would say lucky number eleven. Ooh, okay. All right. All right. I like that. Uh, I like that. It's it's a sick twisted movie. Very sick. Revenge. I was gonna say that. Yeah, lifelong revenge, and it's just it's just a very meaningful movie, with, and I just really like the dialogue of that movie. Gotcha, gotcha. Last question, one, Frankie. Um, one workout, one um, workout to do, like one main workout to do for the rest of your life if you had to do it, and one like uh, accessory list. So one main lift and one accessory forever. If it was every day you had to wake up and do this, Ricky, what are you picking? One main lift, squat. I knew okay. she was gonna say squat, bro. <laughs> And accessories, probably like shoulder presses. Okay. Barbell or dumbbell? Shoulder presses. Barbell, you said? Dumbbell. 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 Okay. Okay. Snatch and reverse hyper. Oh, shit. Okay. Don't sleep on that reverse. Don't, people, if you never tried it, don't sleep on the reverse hyper in the GHRs, man. That'll fix your lockout and help you huge. That reverse hyper is my best friend. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm excited for this one, Jay. You have one time frame to go back into. You came to me and Jay, and me and Jay were like, yo, we have a time machine. You put the year in, and you're going through, and that's it. Where are you going? Yeah, where would you go? I got to hear this. I think I would go back to, like, early 1990s. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wait, am I? Wait, am I? No, you are, you're Ricky right now. This that is you. Yeah. Tattoos and all. And... I mean, you can go back to the 90s. We want to be like a Spice Girl or something. I mean, I can, I can dig it. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I, I think like Nickelodeon stuff. Oh, yes. Yes, Nickelodeon. You okay. want to be Rocket Power, yeah. <laughs> what, about you? what about you, Dan? I would go back to the ancient Greek time. Oh, shit. Ah. I could definitely see this guy kicking it with like Achilles or something. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> well, He's definitely running around with some demigods. That's, for yeah, sure. Yeah, this is... This is the labyrinth is what uh, it's all about. The mythology is the Greek, the Greek Minotaur, the Minotaur, and Theseus, and that's uh, what this whole. I have a. I don't. Don't get me going, right, Jay? They don't want to get me yeah, going. No. So I, uh, I got the Minotaur tattooed on my arm right here. So, um, well, thank if, you guys. Uh, one person, dead or alive, to meet. Who are you guys meeting? Dead or alive. Uh oh. Uh oh. Did you hear me? Selena. No, I Selena. Selena yeah. y los dinos. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Selena. All right, that's a good one. That's actually a great one. Dan? Pat Tillman. Uh, Pat Tillman. Love it. Oh, that was awesome. That was fucking... I'll take that. Pat Tillman. America right there, God damn it. Talk about sacrifice, right? What was it, like $3 million he gave up or something like that? Yeah, to, uh, overseas, brother. Yeah. For, for a good so, country. Yeah. All right, man. Well, well guys an honor and a pleasure to have you on and all jokes aside it's actually pretty funny but for uh you know the great words of wisdom and the advice and uh not only to me and jay but to uh the listeners and everybody so we really appreciate you coming on and um again my name is frank you can find me at reps underscore four underscore responders my man jay the one and only where can they find you i am the real jump man jay on instagram ricky where can they find you ricky Kaminsky on instagram that's what i use mostly okay Dan? Uh, I think it's Boomsauce39 on the old Instagram. Yep. Okay. So it really sounds like a uh, like a Counter-Strike source tag. Uh, and uh, Boomsauce, right? I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
so awesome. Like you just been killed. You're, you're just killed by a uh, blue sauce. You'd be spawning in 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank well, you guys. <laughs> we can say when you used to play that was your gamer tag uh no i had a different uh gamer tag he's not gonna say oh uh, yeah oh shit okay yeah. yeah she said he's not gonna say it so he's definitely not gonna say it uh, I'll, add, I'll add you on later all right no i'm kidding <laughs> i don't play anymore but maybe like 10 years ago it would it would have been appropriate to say but i don't think right now i got you we'll, got keep, you. That. we'll keep that in the, we'll keep that in the labyrinth yeah. so all right guys uh, have you. a great weekend god bless and uh, be safe out there both you and ricky i wish you best luck with everything and if you need any advice or help don't be afraid to reach out to me and jay with the whole yeah keep us posted with that we definitely um if we can do anything uh just by all means just reach out thank you all right guys thank you you too be safe brother being a being a bronx cop is where where it's at so remember that but they probably won't send you over here if you live in long island see you guys have a good day airborne